New on CuriosityStream, uncover engineering secrets from history's greatest masters. From the mysteries of the first man-made waterways to the building techniques of the early Americas, it's ancient engineering. Plus, 40 tons of trucks speeding down the interstate can be a recipe for disaster. See how today's smarter new age big rigs pave the way for safer highways on high-tech trucks. Watch now on CuriosityStream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. to say good morning tk hey daryl all right this is exciting today Look happy thanksgiving us. by the way is it thanksgiving happy thanksgiving happy thanksgiving sunday right what a great day you. yeah you got plans for today uh well i don't think we can publicize that i mean you know i might be going to some gatherings over 10 people or something that would be wrong i wouldn't put but, it past um, you you're pretty the, the answer no <laughs> you're, you're a pretty big risk taker i'm pretty yeah i'm pretty i'm pretty high risk over here um, there may be a small gathering outside uh, amongst uh, five or six people, but that's it. It's a little bit different this year, so that's okay. I understand. I get it. We're doing our part. We are doing our part. We yep. have a solid fan base of somewhere between 45 and 80 people. Absolutely, yeah. We're, um, we are, we're out there. We are out there. So hello, everybody. There. If you haven't subscribed right. yet, please subscribe. Do it. Hit that so like button. Make some comments. What's going on? Nothing's going yeah, on. Yeah, comments are great. Um, I'm pretty know. sure I predicted this uh, lockdown. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to check the tapes, but let's just say you did. Yeah, we're going to say I did. Okay. So here we are. Back in lockdown form. Duh. We're in uh, duh. <laughs> stage two version 6.7. I wonder what the next stage two lockdown will look like. Will it be any different? <laughs> We're just going to cycle between three, two, one, two, three, two, one, two, and then just, just, just kind of have fun with it, right? There was an article that says, how risky is a get-together in Toronto right now? In Ooh, some scenarios, there's a 25% chance COVID-19 <laughs> will be a guest at the party. <laughs> Isn't that great? <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> <coughs> All right. Are you Don't okay? Tea and laugh at fake stats at the same time. That's fake. Ooh. That's a fake stat. Yeah. You think that's a fake stat? Well, yeah. Well, if, yeah, if you meet somebody who's walking out of the hospital just diagnosed with COVID-19, then yeah, there's a chance they'll be at your party. <laughs> Are you inviting them to your parties? <laughs> Oh boy, we killed TK. All right. It, All right. It's uh This is how it goes sometimes. This is this is as real as it gets. But yeah, I I I love I love how people can make it sound like that's what the odds are in some circumstances. In most circumstances, the odds of someone being at your party are less than 1%. Less than 1%. So hold yes. on a sec. How many cases do we have total versus our population? Actually, who gives a shit? This thing is like, a it's a small number, Daryl. I'm so a tired number. of this. 
The one number I do know is 2.1% of people that have been tested are, have now been tested positive. All right. So that, those are the people who actually have the symptoms and who are concerned because they were in contact and that number is 2.1. So the general population, that number is going to be much lower. So it's 1%. That's, that's or less. So go to those Christmas or those Thanksgiving parties and, um, you know, see old Uncle, Uncle Billy and, and Cousin Sherry and uh, enjoy yourself. That's so weird because there's an Uncle Billy and a Cousin Sherry in our family. Yeah. Did you make that up? No, I have a Cousin Sherry and uh, uh, no, I have a Cousin Bill, not an Uncle Bill. Sorry. It's very strange. Targeting you. How Targeting did you, you do that? <clears throat> you are a savant. <laughs> All right, let's get let's get down to business here. The brass tacks. Yeah. What's going on with the economy though right now, Daryl? Um, I don't know. I guess everybody's kind of probably a little frozen right now. I, what's going to change from this? The restaurants that were in trouble are going to be in even more trouble. Okay. I think a bunch of gyms are pretty pissed off because they're being yep. you know all lumped into the same vein, which. I don't know. I'm reading stuff from restaurateurs that are understanding of what's going on and actually say in these articles that they were planning on closing up anyways because it was getting stupid. I don't know how real that is. I don't know too many business owners like praying for a lockdown if they're in the restaurant or entertainment or gym business. If you are operating at a loss right now with the the current limits and everything else, wouldn't it be nice to know that 90% of your... um, competition uh, rent is going to be paid now and it's going to be paid directly through the government as opposed to going through your landlord so it might be a little bit of a savior for some people is it some 90 percent or is it ten thousand dollars i think it's uh, ten thousand dollars that goes towards your rent and i think it's total but maybe i'm I wrong it, i didn't it could really have been up to 90 percent but but what i what i heard was 90 percent. but most restaurateurs or rent are less than that and they're giving it direct to the rest to, to the actual um, to the owner, right? The so, small business owner affected, not just the restaurant. Guy. So, how many of those people are actually going to pass it on to the landlord? Well, it doesn't matter either way if they're getting the money, right? It could be actually a good thing. It could help people. It could get people through this time that uh, ordinarily may not have because of, you know, a lack of a patio or adequate space. Maybe they have three tables in their whole restaurant, and they're thinking this is brutal. Well, and this is why I'm saying like people are kind of frozen and they're in the same position because nothing's really changed. I mean, the, 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 what changed? Some places closed down again that were closed already that were already getting hammered. I mean, I guess that's bad, right? The gym, the gyms though, that's a big one. They limited class sizes to 10 and then all of a sudden they close them down. A lot of those gyms are really, really, really month to month. Sure. A lot of those gyms are, are, they struggle to keep those doors open every month. And those are the good times. Yeah. So now it's just been like one more added part to this, um, to this equation. But, uh, it's hey, seen, 300, 373,000 jobs added in September. Right. It's yeah. amazing. It's great. I mean, listen, they're trying to do whatever they can do to create jobs. Like, uh, I don't know why there aren't more articles about people that are pissed off about all this money they just gave to Ford to, redo their plant like i'll take a few million bucks to 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 redo my plant sure i'll i'll make masks give me money i'll do all the things they're giving out money for what the hell's going on why does ford get 250 million bucks to retool their plant why don't they have to pay for retooling their plant on their own 
I'm paying to uh, you and me are paying to retool Ford's plant right now <laughs> to create jobs for people. I'd rather yeah. keep that money if I They've have got the resources and the and the backing to be able to to um, sustain that and, and to actually make it work. So for the reason why uh, Daryl and TK aren't getting the money or other small businesses. Well, listen, small businesses are getting some money, right? If you're you can make I mean, I don't know how much other entrepreneurs are used to making, but I can tell you my income is drastically changed and $1,800 after tax a month doesn't really put much of a dent into my budget, right? No. I don't know how many people are in the same boat, but I mean, I haven't made a penny since this thing started, right? Mm -hmm. Everything shut um, down in, in both my companies. Yeah, and I think it's... Um... But they're not it, trying to keep me afloat. They're trying to keep, uh, I don't know who they're trying to keep afloat, actually. Well, no, they've, they've provided programs. Let's not, let's not be... They're throwing uh, money at everything, everybody. No one's really the, the targeted. A $40,000 business loan was a, was a good thing for people who are in uh, um, sole proprietorships and, and small corporations and stuff like that, small family-owned companies. That was, that was a good option to keep people's head above water for a while. Sure, but then you're forty grand in debt. I agree. Right. So, I mean, yeah, they're throwing money at everybody and people are taking advantage of it and people are using it because they desperately do not want to close the doors to their business. But like, <clears throat> again, it's a it's a it's a segment of the economy. So, OK, we're showing 10 percent unemployment right now. Right? Nine. Is it nine now? Down to nine. Yeah. OK, so nine seven hundred and twenty thousand positions short of where we were in February. Does that include people that are on CERB and CRB or is that? Well, no, this is full time and, and some part time job gains. So this is actual jobs. No, but forget people about job gain, the unemployment number. Does that include people that are on CERB or is that like going to be a whole other thing? If you include CERB uh, recipients, it's like 32 percent unemployment. I mean, in order to qualify for um, the CRB, there's some some hourly um, restrictions, right? So if you're at zero hours, then yeah. But it means that some people could just be minimum, like working like whatever yeah. it is, less than 10 hours or something like that. And so technically they've got a part-time job, yeah. but they're also collecting the CRB. So it's not all as clear. It's not like everybody on CRB is part of the unemployment. So, so I mean, if you're, if you're somebody who's still working at a movie theater or in a restaurant or at a gym first of yes. all what are you thinking second of all you have to start thinking about you know finding employment somewhere else in the month of october well i, think... I mean forever i think because this will <clears throat> kind of keep going up and down i mean who the hell wants to deal with anything that could I mean, they're I'm not going to I'm not going to tell people that you should not be in the restaurant or the yeah, theater out of the or restaurant business, business for the for the rest. That that's those aren't those industries aren't going anywhere, Daryl. Get out of a restaurant that relies ninety percent on people dining inside their. I hundred percent agree with that. that. That that's a great statement. Figure out a way to uh, have more takeout, more delivery. Um, utilize, get Uber Eats, get um, skip it. the dishes, get uh, the DoorDash people. Have those businesses working hand in hand with you, advertising and getting your your brand out there. I think people uh, should like uh, if you have a specialty, like you should sell it on Uber Eats from home. Sure, bake some yeah. bread. You're not allowed to operate a commercial kitchen out of a residential property, but hey, 
Who's going to know? Well, fine. <laughs> either way, either way, I hear what you're saying. I think F we should I think we should open up a ghost kitchen. I think that that's a good business. That's a great that's a great business that's been around for a while but nobody's a really while, been doing it. Yeah, there's a couple of yeah. guys doing it, but that yeah. is that's the secret sauce right that's, now. That's right there, yeah. Why why do you need to be somewhere? Like we're all online, go online, show the pictures of your food and have it delivered. I, it. I order Swiss chalet. I haven't been in, been in a Swiss chalet in who knows how long. And and people are complaining about the amount of money that the, these apps take as like a commission for the sale, but like if you don't have people inside your restaurant and you don't have wait staff and you don't have all of that overhead, that's you a, have that's to a be bargain. Able, right. That's you a bargain. To, right. So yeah. it's like, what are, what's everybody doing? How come I can figure this out? Yeah. How come I, you, you I can like, figure this out? I like it for the ghost kitchens. It is tough to swallow when you're a restaurant and you are paying the 20 to 30% uh, commission to the, um, to the companies. Uh, but I sure. always look at it as marketing. So you're 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 gain you're gaining uh, customers. Customers, sure. They may come and dine in with you later. They may come and get their own takeout. They may not always do delivery. And so I think that the, the value is there, and that's more of a marketing than a sales um, ploy. But hey, I'm telling you that that that's got to be. And I, you know what? I saw some cool stuff actually this week. There's like, uh, actually, it's a Toronto company. They made like a touchless pickup coffee um robot kind of thing <laughs> so you order your coffee online and you go to the front of this like uh retail store and there's yeah. a like a keurig or something right there that Did they spell your, your name right mate that you know what that's probably the best part of it is that you get to write your name the way you want to see it i think you should put a picture of you on it they take a picture with your phone and How then they print a little quick picture of you on the side of the cup we're going to have to start charging consulting fees for people to listen to this. All these amazing thing. business ideas. So let's look at these numbers still some more here. Okay, so we lost 3 million jobs, all right? The um, 720,000 positions that we need to gain would make it so we've got 2.28 uh, million jobs gained back since the virus kind of took over in March. That's pretty That's a good. lot of jobs. That's huge. That's so huge. for us to only have 720,000 jobs left, in order to hit those numbers, where are where are those jobs? Obviously, accommodation, food services—that's going to be the biggest sector. Of I don't the, think that sector's coming back. Well, but where are the where are the new jobs being created? Is what's more important to me. Well, so, so teaching, education—they hired a lot of teachers. Yeah, and that whole awesome. teach that whole teacher strike right before this thing happened, there there was a huge like you know that didn't get resolved at all. Well, well, I think I think the teachers won. That's it. The government just started throwing every dollar they possibly had to or asked for in order to make the teachers uh, go back to work. And I think that's. That's what they had to do. They had no choice. I'm thinking they lost about their being leverage a on that one. Yeah, it's a good job. They're they're hiring. Listen, there's kids now that are or parents that are opting to send their kids to the online that they can't because they're already like seven thousand kids worth of teachers short. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> so here here's here's the, well, here's what it is. So educational services is the number one um, sector. That's uh, of job growth in, in industry and job growth. Yep, there's no actually thirty five thousand more jobs than there were. Uh, wholesale trade about twenty thousand more wholesale. jobs. What kind of wholesale? Professional scientific and technical services. They're up about ninety four hundred. Utilities. People are using the internet and screwing up their signals and stuff. I guess so. That's up about five thousand. So not nothing in the technology sector. Um. They don't have that there. 
specifically. Yeah. Uh, and then so that's Google... definitely something that you could probably group into the professional scientific and technical services, right? Didn't Amazon just announce that they're going to hire like a... That's got to be wholesale trade, no? I don't know what counts as wholesale trade. What, who's, well, who's wholesaling anything right now? Everything from China is kind of screwed Amazon up. Right? Does. Amazon does. Amazon's, you know, when you say you want to sell something for $9.99 on Amazon, they're like, all right, great. We're going to give you $2 and we're going to buy 30,000 of them. Yeah. And you go, okay, thank you. And you accept it because you know it's going to get sold. Yeah. Right? Hmm. So, okay. Well, that's that's fantastic. I think that's really great news. 720000 If we had another record month in uh, October, which doesn't look like we will, um, like we did in September, we'd be able to have this job uh, shortfall uh, counted for in the next two months. And but not, that's not realistic. Not construction or real estate? Like is not in any... Construction is actually still down quite a bit. With 124 cranes in the sky? 120,000 construction positions. I think that's why the, the big shortfall was there, right? I mean, also you have to look at um, Canadian-wide. So one, the natural resources industry has been decimated. All those guys who are working on any of those sites is just like completely, completely, completely... You're talking not about gas and oil. Yeah, there's not even a job anymore. Like, there's but, not even like a hey, just push the broom around until they call us, you know, from upstairs. Yeah, but like, uh, I gotta think that uh, gold and silver and uh, nickel, all the stuff they're using in all these batteries for Elon Musk, like all that stuff must be going pretty crazy. The prices of those go up, um, but, but if the, the, jobs the less, don't grow? the less, the less they, the less that they mine those minerals, the higher the prices go. So they take it easy, right? Right. They don't want to mine it. They don't want to have create more of it, right? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, either way, I mean, it's promising numbers. I think that that's something that we can look at. It's they definitely good it to, that it's going the right direction. Yeah, they compare it to the 2008-9 Great Recession, and it, they talk about um, it took us 10 years to be able to get back to the point that we were from the Great Recession. So I think we're going to be on track in less than 10 years to be able to hit those numbers that we were seeing uh, sub six percent unemployment rate um, by the time we uh, by the time we get through this virus, so hopefully so, in the next two years. So, so I mean, it's it's becoming quite apparent that there are certain industries in a lot of trouble, and it's becoming more and more apparent that they will have to kind of reconfigure or die. A lot of them, right? Yep. Um, so, so. Like, what is keeping somebody in the CRB or unemployment? You know, like how many people are making less than twenty-four thousand bucks a year, or whatever you get to 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 make with this thing? You know, that are still sitting there going, like, I, I think it's a good idea to wait until this lockdown. You know, like I. I'm going to stay in the restaurant industry. It's so this so is what great. it says. It says 1.8 million people in Canada are categorized as unemployed. 1.3 million workers affected by the COVID economic shutdown, which are, are affected, which means they are employed, but working less than they'd like to or normally do. So that's not unemployed. That's not unemployed. Right. Right. 1.3 million. So they they could don't be have enough. They don't they have enough money. Here. Yeah. Right. They could be collecting it. So they're just not able to get the hours that they thought. So they're, they're working less hours. They're, um, they're, their business has been affected. They're probably thinking very consciously, 
if I worked more hours, I'm not going to get that benefit. So I might as well just work these hours because I qualify. I know, Think but about like, it. But, but, Who's going to go to work an extra 30 hours a month if they don't have to? No, I get it. But like how yeah. many people live at that level where that level of income is like fine that you like don't have to go, holy shit, like I better get a job in some other uh, uh, sector right now because I need some fucking money here. Two. I think the two spectrums of, of age categories, the, the 20 to 30 year olds living at home and the people who have got already their retirement planned. And now they're thinking like, hey, you know what? I, I get my pension in a few years here, you know, and my, my work's telling me that, you know, things aren't very safe. And, you know, I'm in the high risk category. So why don't I just, you know, take a little bit of a pay cut, but I'll just be at home. I can just test this retirement uh, living out here, even though that's not a huge age group that's actually collecting CRB, believe it or not. I still think that that's somebody who is, is an example of someone who says, look, I don't, I don't need to work. Why take the risk? Maybe I'm taking a 50% hit on my income, but it's, it's the safe thing to do. And uh, I've already got plans for retirement. This will still help me reach my, my goals. So, hmm. Well, I think that number is going to get worse before it gets better. That's for damn sure now. All right. Well, I think that's a great economic update for our, our wonderful listeners. Is that that they, this is the official uh, update? It is going to yeah. get worse before it gets better, folks. <laughs> that's it. You heard it here. You heard you it heard here. Heard it here. First, second, third, or fourth. Okay, here we got. I got a cool, got a cool deal uh, to talk about. You want to talk about a deal? Let's talk about yeah. a deal. Well, I think this is what it. Go ahead. What's your little intro there? I I, I want to talk about the a deals. Scenario. I want to talk about a scenario. A so I just scenario dealt with of a deal. Okay. The scenario is. Is this going to um, be a quiz? Like, am I going to be tested? I, it's it's how do I get out of my condo and into the freehold market? Okay. Right. How do I get out of my condo? This in, is what people are in downtown. In in one of the yeah central neighborhoods of Toronto. Okay. Either downtown or midtown. Okay. So how right? do I get out of my expensive condo that I paid too much for and can't rent right now. Well, let's look at this from why are you there in the first place? You're probably living downtown or midtown because your job is nearby. Yeah. You want access to the subway. You're super cool and you like to be near you're, stuff. You're cool and you need to be cool stuff because otherwise people are going to be missing out on your company, right? Yeah. And you like to go cool places are like bars or nightclubs, restaurants, art galleries, stuff like that. Walk. Everything that's closed right now. <laughs> Walking around. Aimlessly. Baseball games. Yeah. Right? So that's probably why you were there. And now your job or, is... Or, there. or, 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 yeah. and, it's all and, you can afford. Or. Yeah. And, or, or, and, you could only afford that. At the time that you purchased, because we're talking about people who now can afford more. So yeah, at the time you purchased, that was all you could afford. Exactly. Okay. So now you got so, a kid. It's too small. You may or may not have children. You may or may not, uh, you know. You want to kill your space. spouse because you're way too close all the time. But you're working from home. You're working from home and your balcony is 10 square feet. Yes. So, or you may not have one. Or you so you're working from home. You've got, you know, computers piled up. Your spouse, your partner, your roommate, whoever's there, they're there. I'm in a meeting. <laughs> they're battling you for, for airtime. You talk while I while I type and, and you if type. If I while gotta I talk. say it one more time. Okay. There's no soundproofing in your hollow doors and four and a half inch thick walls. Right? Yeah. So it's it's a struggle. 
Yeah. Right. It's a struggle. So what do you do, Daryl? You just you just go out and buy a freehold house. I mean, you just you just take you go to the bank. You say, how much do I qualify for? You go out there and you buy a house and everything's going to be OK. Right. Assuming I get full maximum price from seven months ago on my condo. <laughs> oh, so you mean you have to get a certain amount of money on your condo in order to be able to get that new house? Well, I have to pay back mom and dad when I sell this thing for the loan that they gave me. Okay. All right. I great, have to pay my scenario. realtor. Great scenario. Absolutely. Right? I yep. need it. I need the down payment for the next place. And land transfer tax is pretty expensive in the city. And closing costs, legal fees, and blah, 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 blah. There's not much left if I don't get this price for this place. So what do you do, Daryl? Well, first, what do I do or what does a normal person do? What does a person do who's in a condo right now? How do they get to the freehold house? What are the steps? One, you find a really good realtor. Okay. What does he do or she do for you? She figures out a realistic scenario that you can afford based on your pre-approval okay and the money that you say you have if you sell your okay. condo for this for that price okay and i think what i do is i sell my condo and then i figure it out and if I have to rent for a few months, then I rent for a few months while, while I figure it out. But I think right now I sell my condo first. And I Good. don't even spend the time looking for anything and getting myself all excited or even worse, my wife all excited with things that I cannot possibly afford. I disagree slightly. I think there needs to be a little bit of research so that when you do finally sell, if the freehold market continues to be pulling away, you've already done a lot of market education, so you're ready to go and you're able to pull the trigger as soon as possible because you've gone out and see places. Sure. But if you are emotional, yeah, I mean, then maybe it just needs to be online for now. Well, I would okay? do it simultaneously, but more importantly, I would have to figure out how much money I actually have to spend, right? Exactly. So the scenario that I had to deal with was unfortunately someone bought already and then they decided to sell their condo afterwards. And they used a, a realtor who was referred to them. They, they went out and bought and they paid top dollar for a beautiful house. That's not, nothing wrong with the house. And they, you know, tried to sell their condo. And unfortunately, you know, were taking a bath on the, the movement in the market. And they were never, someone was always out pricing them in the building and stuff like that too. They had to lower the fee or the lower the um, asking price substantially uh, in order to get it sold. And two weeks before closing, the, the, sellers of the property that they had bought had said too bad so sad we can hopefully get more money now so you got two weeks to close oh why they went in for price reduction uh no they they came back and asked for an extension, extension. and said hey we haven't sold our condo yet give us some more time uh, and the seller said too bad we're gonna we're gonna be able to sell this no matter what and we'll keep your deposit yeah how much was the deposit it was a good deposit. It was nothing that you wanted to walk away from. And the risk was um, they did pay quite a, a handsome fee for that uh, home. If the sellers didn't get that amount of money again, then they could be on the hook for additional damages and stuff like that. And it could be pretty costly. Right. So the first step we did, they called us in and they said, hey, we need help. The realtor actually called us and said, we, I can't figure this out. We need somebody who's got more experience in this type of situation. 
And so the first thing we did was um, I spoke to the uh, lawyers. I called the um, seller's agent on the property they bought. And I said, guys, we're not going to be closed in two weeks. It doesn't matter what you do. There's no miracle. Even if I can arrange private financing, it's not going to be ready. So we need an extension. So we negotiated. We gave them a non-refundable deposit and said, we're going to be able to close this in another month as long as we do these few things. What we did on our side is we arranged private financing. We showed them all the numbers and said, this is what you're going to have to do, but we'll have it ready for you. So you can give this non-refundable deposit and in 30 days, you'll be able to close no matter what. It's and done. So the private fi funding is uh, a bridge loan? Uh, it was able to be able to be closing on that um, purchase without them even selling the condo. And then what? This guy's going to tie up their condo too? He's going to put a, a lien on the condo? Yes, that there, there would be something on the condo too, right? Okay. So they had equity, right? Yeah. So then, then we said, at least we know we're going to be able to close on that purchase, okay? That's not our goal is to do it that way. That wasn't our goal, okay? No, so we, but at we, least you at got least, a backup least, plan. Exactly. At least telling them to do a non-refundable, the, you know, the, the risk is, you know, now you're losing more money. So they were comfortable with that. They trusted in what we said we were going to do. Um, we got the extension. Uh, we gave the non-refundable. Everything's okay. The, ex the closing date's been extended um, as, as per, you know, the agreement. Uh, we went in the condo. We completely, you know, asked them to restage things. You know, they had great furniture and all that stuff too. So we just made it look not a lot nicer, a lot cleaner, took professional photos, brought the right people in, made the place shine, actually marketed the property. So we spent a ton of money making sure that we got the property out to as many people as possible. And we sold it firm within one week for a fantastic price, something they were happy with, something that they could close it with. They didn't have to go the private financing way. They're getting their bridge financing together. And they're now going to be moving into their dream home with less equity than they hoped for in the beginning. But it could have been a lot worse. I mean, they could have been stuck in the condo still and not got their dream home, right? So luckily that we were able to get them out of that trouble, but they never would have been there in the first place if they had done the right steps from the beginning. And that's why I'm, I'm talking about it today is because you cannot rely on sales figures even from a week ago in the condo market, no. right? Well, you it's can't. tough. Well, what do you think these guys would have said? These guys? Oh, maybe you can't see it on your screen. I can't see. Oh, no. I put up the billboard of the real estate ninjas. Did you hear about these guys? No. <laughs> so these uh, brokers, Toronto Realtor apologizes after offensive billboard is removed from busy intersection. These two oh, guys boy. from Remax, I can't read. Let's not, let's not brand them here, Daryl. Come on, leave them alone. <laughs> real estate ninjas at your service, a couple of white guys. <laughs> Oh, and that was offensive? I guess people had nothing better to do than go crazy, but I wonder what advice they would have given. Listen, the first realtor told was fine allowing them to buy the house first, right? You know what? Not everybody's got the same experience. And then also, if you're only selling a few houses a year, like we know what's going on in the condo market because we have condo listings, right? We it's know what's going on that. in the market. You want the commission. They want the commission. They're like, oh, my God, I got somebody willing to buy. I need this money. Let's go. Boom. Buy this thing. I don't care that, about that you. Can be a, there can be economic factors and why, why business people do things, too, unfortunately. But the main thing is, is don't go into those situations. Like when you're jumping up this huge price range, you're trying to stay in the city. There's all these costs. There's all these risks. There are other houses out there. Like there's great houses out there. 
there's great houses. And I've never met anybody who just like falls in love with this one house and is only willing to buy that one house. Even people who tell me the most elaborate stories of 30 years, they wanted to buy on that side of the street and they want once they figure out they can't get it, they go and buy somewhere else and they're just as happy. So don't go out and just buy something emotionally and take on all that extra risk. Get your condo on the market, get it properly done. Make sure it's being marketed, make sure it's clean, make sure it's priced the best price per square foot for that model or, you know, whatever the situation is in your building. Don't let anybody else be offering more value than you get it sold. So, but people can be able to move from A to B. So, but uh, I would imagine that a lot of people would say, you know, I don't want to rent and throw my money in the garbage while I'm looking for something. What if it takes me six, eight months before I buy something that is going to cost me Twenty-four thousand dollars, twenty thousand dollars. I'm gonna so here's the, eat here's into the what I can I buy, everybody. right? So here's the question I ask everybody in this market: You have two options. I'm gonna give you the two extremes. You tell me which one you're more comfortable with, and then I'll know how to advise you. Yes. Would you rather be Would you rather be broke or homeless? You tell me. Yeah. You have two options. You have to pick one. Yeah. You tell me you want to be. You'd rather be broke than homeless. All right. I'll tell you a plan for you. You tell me you'd rather be homeless than broke. Great. Let me show you what we need to do we'll to make this work. Find you a home. Yeah. With all That's, the money you have in your bank Those are the two extremes. So far to date, nobody's been broke or homeless. Sure. But <laughs> we found, so, and also in the rental market right now, it's a fantastic time to be renting. Short-term rentals. I just had a lady who had her um, condo or uh, apartment. She, we sold her house. She's moving to an apartment. The apartment wasn't ready yet for a very strange story. Apparently someone had died in this apartment and it was supposed to be released to her. <laughs> So she she's renting. It's like a cheap apartment in the West End. I didn't have anything to do with it. So she told me it's it's someone died in it, and then it was like going to be ready for this date. And now there's all these things that need to be done, so it's not going to be ready. So she calls me in a panic. I I found her some short term rentals that are renting furnished by the week, and she got approved within minutes. They were just like, "Bring your dog. Do you smoke? Yeah, Yeah, no problem. Come on in." Like they were literally willing to take her instantly because there's nobody renting right now. I so hope you're planning market. on growing some marijuana in here. You're Please. Grow weed in here yeah, too because this is going to be a great spot for that. We got Please. southern exposure. Yeah. Minimum so. one month. Weekly. What is it? Weekly? Weekly. Furnished. It's a mess. Pets allowed. It's a mess. <laughs> That's no the rental good. market you're in right now. So she was able to find a place. So I'm confident I'm going to meet with someone today at, right after this uh, uh, podcast where they've got some other issues too. And they've got uh some concerns and so that's one of the little tools that we get to use is you know if things need to happen they're talking about um selling their home by not and and not having people come in i said well instead of not having people come in why don't you guys go and get a short-term rental and stay there for a couple weeks right Hmm. hopefully only a week but to do showings and so then that way we can bring people in while you're not even living in the house Mm -hmm. right it's good to know that all of your clients are okay just throwing money all over the place long as possible maybe they'll change windows as they on an as needed basis but otherwise it's in the status documents now so buying in that building you're going to find out about what's going on that's a that that surprising face you have right now tells me you got some interesting stories here no i think uh we stopped recording for a bit and i don't know when that ended oh cool which is weird because i just checked the time and yeah it was counting, so hopefully we didn't lose too much there. It happens. It happens. That's too bad. Anyways, we so might have, we might have missed the deal segment, but it, let's get into something else. No, our, no, as no. our last segment. Our okay. So the insurance crisis that is looming. I actually talked to somebody 
a couple of years ago who said there's going to be a window crisis in the high rise sector where all these curtain walls are going to start failing and all in, these in the downtown area yeah well just all these buildings that use curtain wall as their windows and their exterior cladding are going to like yeah. fail and anyways that's a crisis for another day. Okay, so the other thing that I thought was interesting, which maybe not too many other people will think is interesting, but they, they've been talking about the Ontario line a lot in the, in yeah. the news this week. Where they That was an interesting right? Like, this week. Yeah, so there's a lot of people up in uh -huh. arms because yeah. uh, they're what they're calling displacement, which is really, um, what's the real term for it? Expropriation. Expropriation which means yeah. we are taking your shit and there is yeah. not much you can do about it. Although there <laughs> is stuff you can do about it if you are inclined to try. Well, so, the issue is now, what do you do? Do you renovate? Do you sell? Do you, you definitely uh, don't renovate because they're going to, they're going to try and set the price on you. Do you burn the house down? What do you do? Right. That, that, would probably what, not what, be the what is it idea. what 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 is the move here I, I i don't know what the move is so here i'll give you a little story my okay. aunt and uncle used to live at langstaff and young street which i believe is considered thornhill where long before the 407 was coming through that area and so my uncle decided you know what i'm gonna hold out till the very end and I'm going to mm -hmm. make a goddamn fortune because all these other idiots are selling. I'm yeah. going to wait till the end and they're going to have to pay me what I want. And so instead, what, is, what do they do? They move the highway just ever so slightly. And he never got bought till years later. And like he, he, he went out of business. He, he like the complete value of his house disintegrated compared to what they were planning on paying him. So yes. But let me tell you another story. So there's a property downtown Toronto at, uh, it's a parking lot. It's at, uh, where is it? Adelaide and John Street. Big parking, oh, Richmond and John, sorry. Big parking lot, open space. And the city was trying to expropriate it for a dog park, right? The counselor down there wanted a new park for all these new buildings that are going up in the entertainment district, right? So they were trying to expropriate the land for years. And this owner, you know, this is a pretty expensive property downtown and they're a pretty wealthy family. So they were like, no, you're not taking our land. I don't care. They're, they're, and the city is like, yeah, we're taking your land. We'll pay you fair market price. So it began like years of them trying to get offers to prove what market price was, right? So I actually, not knowing that, you know, there was this possibility of expropriation, put in an offer. And so this thing ended up selling for over $100 million. But the, the owners were able to dig their heels in and say, like, no, you're not taking our land for what you say it's worth. You're taking the land for what the market says it's worth, right? Mm -hmm. And they put it out on the market. They took offers. They got a bunch of offers over $100 million, And then the city ended up buying it for $100 million. Wow. Right. So like there's things you can do, but I mean, somebody that owns a house they bought for four hundred thousand dollars, you know, on whatever street, uh, yep. you know, out in the East End there is not going to dig their heels in that much. I don't imagine. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I have mean, a I have a story, too. Yeah. People uh, will be displaced. 
waterfront trail right on Lake Ontario. Two houses were there. One guy took the expropriation uh, money, whatever it was. Guy I knew his dad held out until like the offers kept going higher. And then one day the offers stopped. And then the next thing you know, it's an expropriation order. And the offer was basically very close to what the original offer was. It was, it was at that time, it was about $250,000 less than what the highest offer was. And because there's cost. If you end up sure. going that far and they end up, like they really do need your land. Well, now they're going to be like, okay, well, we offered you that to make it easy, but then we had to pay lawyers and we had to go through this whole process. Sure. So now we're going to pay you less. So and in the you end, delayed the project and everything. Yeah. In the end, the government will win. This is this is a legal um, tool that they can use in order to be able to take your shit. So so it brings up a good point, and this was also in the news this week. Um, I think I don't know if it was more Canadian or or U.S like directed at the US, but uh, no, it was Canadian. Uh, just the argument versus own and rent, right? Own versus rent. What's the smarter move? And, you know, the, the dream of ownership is not what it's all cracked up to be. I mean, listen, if you're doing a pros and cons list and you have to somewhere put on there that at the end of the day, it's not really yours. First of all, there's two people. One, the government can take it at any time, right? And two, if you have a mortgage, really, all you're doing is paying rent for that piece of paper. Yep. Right? So I think, like, in Europe and in New York and in a lot of places, people aren't as hung up on ownership as they are here in Canada. Yes. Right? Yeah. Big time. So, and North America. The States, too. I think the States, too. But, I mean, like, in Florida... But in Florida, you can buy a house for three ninety five, and it's actually a decent house somehow. I don't get it. You can't even build it for three ninety five. San Francisco, New York. Yeah, there's some crazy, uh, very, crazy common, places. very common to not to not uh, own there. Right, because I mean, look at at a certain point, you have to say like, I want to live here. I can't afford a house, so what do I do? Right, there's still tons of people that want to live in the city that just can't put that down payment. But then, yeah. I mean, that brings up a whole other point that this pandemic has brought up is like, holy shit, how many people are living month to month and what's going on? Why is everybody so broke? Because they all want to own a home. Because they all want to own a fucking home, right? So all the equity that they have is tied up in this thing that is not liquid. It's because, listen, I love real estate and I think it's smart, but I, I mean... More and more, we're going to have to be dealing with investors, right? Who can afford to put up buildings and rent it out to people. Yeah. It just has to happen. Yeah. We're heading, we're heading in that direction. And, uh, you know, people, I think this is the number one thing. With, and it kind of ties in expropriation and the whole home ownership thing. The majority of people aren't like you and I looking at like investment vehicles and stuff like that. And real estate is just strictly just about, you know, numbers and, and, and everything else. They're actually... Just they just want to like live in a home that they can grow up in, that they can have their kids grow up in, that they can feel comfortable, that they don't feel like they need to move, they don't feel like that they have to go anywhere, that there's not going to be a landlord saying I'm going to sell or that building changes are going to happen. And I think a lot of people just want that peace of mind. Yeah. And if you've ever been through that experience where you have been expropriated or you have been evicted or you have been, uh, you know, given notice for a, a landlord who's going to take it over personally, that's not a feeling that you that you enjoy. And by owning your property, it means that there are laws that protect you. And as long as you're making those payments, the bank can't take it from you. And as long as it's not in the way of the government, the government can't take it from you. 
Um, and that gives people a sense of peace of mind. And that's, and that's, I believe what the driving factor is for most Canadians. Yeah. I think it's just, there's different ways to lose it if you own it. And all of them can sideswipe you just the same. Nobody, nobody saw this pandemic coming. Nobody, well, I mean, it's not true that nobody sees bankruptcy coming, but like you're, it, not, not very many businesses see like these disruptive technologies coming in that are going to blow them out of the water, right? Or all of a sudden there's this big box store comes in and puts you out of business. True. There's there's stories that happen like that, so but yet it's not things. Uh, so many factors. But anyways, that's the most common one. I did read insolvencies were down forty two percent from Q2. last year. Yeah, I read that too. Yeah. Yeah. Which that's is pretty, interesting. Pretty well, is it? I mean, you're you're comparing it to a year where they didn't give everybody all this money, <laughs> right? Yeah. True. So if I the know. year before everybody was getting all these bailouts, then I'm pretty sure the numbers would have been lower. By maybe 42 percent yeah or maybe more true i think the other thing too is about credit cards and all that kind of stuff there's a lot of things that are really really strange because we're in the middle of a pandemic it's an economic crisis stock there's markets up, i know real estate prices I know are who, are, who are not doing well right but there's also a ton of people i know anecdotally and, and, and different things, stories that I've heard where they're like, I've been, I've been carrying a $15,000 debt for the last 10 years. And now I finally paid it off because of COVID like little things like that. I've heard sure. like there's just people who are really uh, coming out of this um, better. And I'm hoping that our patterns of spending and, and creating debt and everything else is going to change. I'm hoping that that's, that's, that's like the silver lining of this pandemic is that we're all going to come out of this and go, Hey, what were we thinking? just taking on all that debt and doing all those crazy things. Like I, I'm not going to have a windfall. Most people aren't going to have a windfall of, of financial freedom, right? There's, there's certain people who do and they're the ones who can take the risk. But most people are like, I make 60,000 a year and I get paid this much a month, this much a week. And that's that for the next 20 years. Yeah. So to get out of this debt and to, and to say to yourself, I don't want that to happen again. I'm really, I'm really positive about um, Canadians learning that lesson. And I think it's a really valuable lesson that we were getting away from. Um, at least my generation. We all just thought you just borrow, and then when your house price goes up, you consolidate all your debts and you refinance. <laughs> like that's that's what people do. That's sure. what Mike, the mortgage broker, was telling us last last sure. uh, episode. Did, right. I don't that's know about the next generation how it's gonna be. Yeah, I'm I don't know even ours. Like our generation, we haven't really got our teeth into things yet. Yeah. Right. Like we still need the generation above us to kind of move out of the way so we can do stuff. Maybe. Free up, free up those Un assets, baby boomers. Well, or just unravel some of this mess they made. Right. Right now, let we it, it's let a, us own some more stuff. That's right. Let us control some shit, man. What Jeez. is this? You guys fucked up everything. I know. Give, I, give I, us a turn. You and I have been talking about the guy that I'm dealing with right now in that generation. You know, it's like they're just they're not in a hurry for anything. No. <laughs> they're in no rush to to sell anything. You know, like it's like oh my gosh. But uh, I think whether you own, whether you rent, there's still going to be a ton of people that need to live somewhere and mm -hmm. somebody has to own it, right? Yes. And somebody has to rent it. So there's lots of... No matter, no matter what, you're going to be paying a mortgage. It's either going to be your own or your landlord's. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, no unless what. your landlord doesn't have one then that money is going somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like that money's going into some sort of investment at some point down the road. There's a financial institution 
getting a hold of your funds. All right. To loan it right back out to some other sucker. To your neighbor. That's exactly. right. All righty. Yeah. Well, well Daryl, this has been a great episode. We will see if that is true. Yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what the market thinks. I think if somebody can just like the video and share it and comment and subscribe, just, just one person. It doesn't have to be everyone. Just the guy I'm talking to, the girl I'm talking to. Just you, you do it. Just that one. You. You. No, 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 no. Not you. You. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Press that button. Okay. We'll talk later. New on Curiosity Stream, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, Kim Kardashian. Tycoons are in many ways the lifeblood of society. They are willing to put everything out there. They're willing to lose everything. See how the super elite use their money and power to shape our lives on Tycoons. Plus, from Japan's unbreakable super code to the algorithm mining your Bitcoin, we're breaking down the world's most famous encryptions on cracking the code. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com.